0: Today, we have a jam-packed episode full of exclusive interviews from some of the biggest names in Sunday's 106th Indianapolis 500. Qualification weekend featured the fastest speeds since 1996, as Scott Dixon won the poll with a four-lap average of 234.046 miles per hour in the number nine PNC Bank Honda. It's the fastest pole winning speed in Indianapolis 500 history, breaking the record of 233.718 mph set by Scott Brayton in 1996. Ari Dike set the all-time four-lap qualifying average speed record of 236.986 miles per hour in 1996, but his run came on the second day of qualifications that year and wasn't eligible for the poll. It's Dixon's fifth career Indy 500 pole, leaving him just one shy of Rick Mears' all-time record of six Indianapolis 500 poles. Chip Ganassi Racing teammate Alex Pillow was second with a four-lap average of 233.499 miles per hour in the number 10 NTT Data Honda, with 21-year-old driver Renus VK's number 21 Bitcoin racing team Chevrolet on the outside of row two. We will hear from all three drivers in today's episode of Pit Pass Indy. First up is Scott Dixon, who rose to the occasion in the Fast Six to win the most prestigious pole in auto racing. Here is my interview with the Indy 500 pole winner for Pit Pass Indy. It's Pit Pass Indy, and joining us today is the pole winner for the 106th Indianapolis 500, the legendary Scott Dixon, his fifth career pole. Scott, I know that Rick Mears always described the Indianapolis 500 as two races, and he said the first race was always the run for the pole. That race is over, and you've done it once again for a fifth time in your career. It's going to be a pretty satisfying feeling
1: yeah it's cool you know and rick is absolutely right you know it is uh it is a race of uh or it is two races and um you know i think this one i don't know the the qualifying is even more so just a team effort because the amount of work that goes into um you know preparing these cars it's it's hundreds of small things that that create the speed and you know chip said it well this morning it's it's um it's years of work that go into this and and this effort so you're actually proud and happy for, for so many people on the team. Um, you know that that worked so deep and so hard uh, for years to to get this to work. So it's um, the first part doesn't guarantee you anything, but we're starting in a great position and hopefully uh, you know we can we can we can keep it there and hopefully one of Chip's cars will be celebrating
0: and drinking some milk. A four lap average of 234.046 miles an hour is the fastest. Pole winner's speed in Indy 500 history, Ari Leyendijk's record of two, close to 237 happened second day qualifications back in 1996 when his first day speed was disallowed for the car being too light. But that's a record. And you have to feel like having a record at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, have Scott Dixon's name on top of a record, that's a really cool achievement.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's huge, you know. And, and actually, I didn't I didn't know that you know uh, the late Scott Braden was was the current holder of of the record, and because and, uh, you hear so much of of Ari's lap, and you know uh, even that confused me a little bit of how I didn't know that that wasn't an actual pole uh, running time, but. Um, Again, I think it, it just shows uh, the effort that that you know this team puts in, and and you know I think what's even crazier about it is that that was you know an effort of five cars, and almost all five made it into the to the to the fast six. You know, so um, sometimes that effort can get diluted when you run so many cars and so many team efforts. You know, so for me, um, it's huge. I feel very privileged and and uh, you know lucky in some ways to 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 you know to be in this situation. Um, but now the focus, again, is just all about the race, all about the race.
0: I saw your wife, Emma, on pit lane before you did your run. And she's like, I, I don't really know if I want him to get the pole because, you know, the pole just hasn't been good to us. And I reminded her, the year you won your only Indianapolis 500 in 2008, you won it from the pole. Of course you want the pole. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know,
1: I said to, to Emma this year, I said, we're not going to put as much effort as as we have in, in previous years, or I, sh- I should rephrase it as much emphasis on it. Um, if we didn't get the poll, you know, I wouldn't be too disappointed because, you know, it hasn't converted. You know, five five poles, four poles, and only one win. Hopefully the fifth brings, uh, you know, the lucky number two uh, race win. But, um, yeah, the it sucks you in this place, man, big time and in any other scenarios like that. And I think for us more so, you know, almost being out of the fast 12 and not even converting to Sunday's, you know, qualifying run, um, was, was going to be tough and we, and we got lucky, you know, there was some, some bad weather that came in, I think that really helped us, you know, had we, or were we going to run again, you know, were we going to have the speed, You, you never know, so, um, we felt lucky to, to, to be able to run and, and, um, we had the speed. The car was fast. It was super fast. And and kudos to, to Cannon. I think he, you know, the first run was aggressive, probably a little too aggressive. And, and we, you know, nearly cost us on that fourth lap where I had a big uh, big understeer and the car took off and turned two with a gust of win there. Um but you know the 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 fast six run and, and the pole winning run the car was just perfect.
0: They modified qualifications this year going to a fast twelve format. The old format was a fast nine which you would have been the first man out on Saturday as the 10th place driver, although you would have probably made another run, uh, working the line better with the weather coming in. But to know that you were able to put it on the line not once but twice yesterday, how aggressive is that format? And to you as a race driver, I'm sure you thrive under those pressure situations, but these are pretty pretty intense qualifying. Laps. It's
1: super intense. You know, gone are the days of one run and you're done. Um, it, it, it the, the emotional roller coaster that you go through, even if it's from lap to lap, you know, to, you know, the, the waiting that you do, you know, yesterday, you, you know, you kind of do the practice at, at 1230 or whatever for an hour and a half. Even those two or three runs, are, you know, you're just on the limit. You're trying to get the maximum out of it because you know, Everybody in pit lane is trying to do the same thing. You know, they, everybody wants the pole. Um, so yeah, it's it's. It, it, I was unsure how it was going to play for the fans. You know, whether the lull for two hours between two and four, and then the lull between the fast, you know, twelve to the fast six. Uh, but everybody was super excited. I think it it it, it, it there's some pent up tension there for the crowd too. That they they loved it. They loved the excitement and 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 the way it rolled. I think for the drivers, for me. You know, knowing the conditions were going to get better for the second run, it kind of gave, at least it gave me a bit of a sense of ease. You know, I knew the first run was going to be the hardest just because the conditions were tougher. Um, you know, the wind died down a little bit, the track temp came down, and, and uh, you know, the track temp has been really critical this year, um, and obviously we knew what everybody else was going to run before, and uh, we could trim out and, and kind of suit what we needed.
0: You probably didn't hear it because you were inside the car and were focused, but when they announced 234 on your first lap. This place went crazy. The crowd roared. It really shows how engaged the fans are on Indianapolis 500 poll day. And a lot of people have said in the past that, well, the fans don't really uh, come out anymore for the big numbers. But obviously they do. When they hit 234, speeds nobody's seen at this place since 1996. That was a big deal. It was huge,
1: you know, and and I was, you know, lucky enough to see some videos of people that were sitting up in the, in the stands. And, you know, there was a lot of people here yesterday. You know, it's, it's hard when it's not race day here because even 100,000 people doesn't look like that much in, in, a, in a capacity place that holds about 350. So it's, uh, it's so cool to hear those comments and and you know in the car you don't get to see it or hear it because you're so focused and and you know you got an engine you know loud in your ears that you don't you don't get to hear it but to see the videos after and and the people commenting on it and you know even talking to doug Bowles this morning he's like i sat up in turn one and the crowd was just going crazy you know and but i think that format played into it you know just the way that it staggered everything and and the way that it built it up and uh kudos to the team for for trimming it out so we could run those big numbers
0: and also, all the people that came down to congratulate you after the poll. Chip Ganassi Racing has a veritable Hall of Fame list of drivers uh, that have raced on his team. To see Dario and your four other teammates, Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, Tony Kanaan, you know, one of the most popular drivers in Indy history. How special is that to know how respected you are by everybody?
1: Uh, honestly, they're just, they're they're my friends. They're you know we're great friends. All of us are tight, great friends. You know I've probably known Jimmy, the you know the smallest amount, but but you know even when he was in cup for probably his last two or three years, we used to chat. You know kind of once or twice a month. Um, and you know he's it, it's it's just a lot of fun hanging out with these people. These are people that I'll even even when I leave the sport, I'll still remain in contact and be close and and go on vacations and and be tight friends with these people. You know. TK and Dario, you know, I've obviously been around for a lot longer, um, you know, but even, you know, Alex and Marcus that have, that have been fairly new to the team. Um, we're great friends, you know, and, and, uh, that's what I love about this sport. I think it's very different from some of the other formulas in, in motor racing in general. Um, but you know, the IndyCar group as a whole are a pretty tight knit family, uh, group, you know, and, and, um, that's what I'll take him most away from the sport, um, you know, when, when that day comes. But, um, yeah, friendship's a key, man. How much
0: fun has it been to see Jimmy's level of progression? Saturday morning's practice, when he put up that big number, they had a shot of you um, in the timing stand. You had this big smile on your face and said, damn, that's fast.
1: Yeah, it was cool. You know, I think um, just to see the excitement on his face, too, whether it was the first test day here to, you know, the first test day at, on an oval in, in Texas, you know, um, it, it's just to see the enthusiasm that he has for one driving and racing and for the sport, but for indie car racing. And, and, you know, I think you hear a lot of stories about you just, you see kind of Jimmy, how he was when he first went to cup, you know, and, and, uh, you know, coming here, it's, it's been, you know, of course, all these formulas and, and when you, you, you choose to switch, you know, the ups and downs are all part of it, but, uh, the way he handles it and who he is as a person, you can see why he's been so successful, but, uh, you know, I just, He's just, he's a person that everybody can feed off. Even being a part of the team, even before he started driving the car, he just lifted the team just because that's who he is and his personality and what he's achieved, you know. So um, I've loved seeing his progression. I've just, honestly, just loved seeing how much he's enjoyed it.
0: Race number one is over. You've won the pole. Five poles in your career, one to go. You get Rick Mears with six. But the big race is coming up this Sunday. And that's one that you've had the, you've won it already, but yet you don't want to stop at one victory. And you've come so close to several more victories in the Indianapolis 500. How determined are you to finally get that second win? Uh,
1: as determined as ever, you know. I think uh, the longer you you come to this place, and the the close misses, you know. I think uh, is it four or four or five second places, and and three of those have been under caution. You know, those are the ones that hurt the most, where you couldn't even really fight for it, and and at least one of those, you know, it was it was almost a given, um, had it run its full course. Um, so yeah, those suck. But that's that's also what I think, you know keeps the fire really strong is just those close misses really um, keep you up at night and, and uh, you know, I guess anger you a little bit too, you know. So this place owes me nothing. I, I love coming here. It's a privilege to come here. Um, and I'm, I'm very lucky to come with, you know, one of the best teams in history of, of the sport. So we'll keep digging. We'll keep knocking on that door, man. And hopefully one day it opens.
0: Elio Castro Castronembes has always said that this place picks the winner Have you ever sat and looked up and said, pick me this time? I say it every
1: year, man. (laughs) You know, and and myself, and that's the problem. The 32 others do that as well. But, um, you know, again, this place owes me nothing. You know, uh, I love coming here. I love racing. I love being competitive. And, um, yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll get that second.
0: Chip Ganassi has put together a tremendous lineup, five drivers. He's never had five drivers in the Indianapolis 500 before. And to be able to deliver for Chip like the team did this year, how special is that?
1: It's huge. It's a testament to the people that he has, you know, working for him. I think, you know, what, you know, Mike and and honestly, you know, Chris Simmons, I think what he's been able to form and, and you know, the, the integration, because it's never just, you know, five crews. Obviously, we're adding one here, but even with the four that we're running full season, there's a lot of crossover between, you know, the extreme E side and then the IMSA side. Um, so it's, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces, you know, to try and get five cars equally the same, uh, the same effort that goes into them because, you know, Chip, it's easy to just add a car, but you, you can't just add a car. You got to add the same car to, to the group and, and, um, obviously with with you know tk he's he's a champion he's you know one of the best drivers that's ever come to the annapolis 500 and and the results speak for themselves um you know you have to put in that effort so yeah kudos to, to to mike chris you know all the management team everybody um but it's about people man it's all about the people and um you know right now chip has some amazing people
0: working for him how have you been able to coexist with chip for over 20 years now uh, I no, I th- I don't think it's that difficult. You know,
1: it's you know you have your ups and downs like any relationship. Um, but you know, I I respect Chip so much. You know, for for one, for what he's been able to achieve. You know, he'll go down as as one of the greatest ever. You know. Uh, team owners, uh, the stats, you know, speak for themselves, but, you know, uh, what he's been able to create and the diversity and across so many different disciplines is impressive. And, um, you know, just his will to, to win and his competitiveness, it, it, it inspires me every day. What type of
0: race do you expect Sunday?
1: Uh, I don't know yet. You know, I think... Um, if it's going to be hot, it will, it'll be very tough. You know, uh, it'll be tough to pass. It'll be tough to, you know, uh, make sure everybody... It's just you got to have a flawless race. You have to have a flawless race to to be in contention. Um, the competition is just that tight now. Uh, and you got to have lady luck on your side. You know, it, it wiped us out in the first, you know, first stint last year, uh, as it did with maybe three or four others too. So, um, <clears throat> flawless day, and we need some luck. Is it going to
0: be important to... Get up front and stay up front.
1: It's definitely a track position race now. You know, I definitely don't think you want to be falling back. If you do, as always, you want it to happen early, uh, so you have time to try and correct it. But I don't know. Like this, this place it can come down to two split strategies at the end. You know, typically it hasn't gone that way for recent from recent years. Um, you know, you got to have speed. You got to, you know, you got to be fast throughout the race. You got to, have, you know, fantastic pit stop. It's it's never one thing. You just you got to have a flawless race with luck, man.
0: Eventually, luck is going to be on your side. But when it comes to skill, bravery, and ability like uh, nobody is seen around this place, there's nobody better than Scott Dixon, at least when it comes to qualifying for the Indianapolis 500. Scott, as always, thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Good luck in the 106th Indianapolis 500. And congratulations on your fifth poll. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Jimmy Johnson of Chip Ganassi Racing was among the fastest drivers in last week's practice and backed it up with an impressive qualification effort. He made the Fast 12 on Saturday, but on the opening lap of his qualification attempt on Sunday, his number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda bobbled and he lost speed. He was able to back it up with three very impressive laps to earn the 12th starting position. The seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and Indy 500 rookie talks about his thoughts on this Pit Pass Indy exclusive interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is an Indy 500 rookie driver, but he's certainly no rookie when it comes to success at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's Jimmy Johnson, driver of the number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda Chip Ganassi Racing. It's here. It's the Indy 500. It's practice. It's qualifying. It's carb day. It's the race. You don't have to look forward to it anymore. You're now part of it. And how does it finally feel that it's here? Yeah,
2: it feels amazing. It's so, uh, so special to be a part of this great spectacle in racing. Uh, I'm honored to be here with Chip Ganassi Racing and have the support from sponsors, fans, family. Um, this is really, you know, a, a very special moment for me this late in my career to come back and, and be in such a quality effort at the Indianapolis 500.
0: And the fact that you've put so much focus and worked so hard to learn the uh, do oval test, tested at Texas last August, you tested here, ROP in October, you tested here in April. Now you're part of the group that's running every day through the month to get ready for the race. Is this as hard a single race as you've ever worked for for your entire career?
2: Um, I, the the month is still young so i think as these next two weeks go by i'll have a better sense of that but this really does remind me of the build-up to the daytona 500 and how we would work through the off-season test the cars make adjustments spend weeks on end at daytona to get ready for the daytona 500. so right now it feels much like that so it's hard to say Uh, what the workload will be just yet, Um, I did notice that the amount of track time we have for practice is quite generous, and if it does stay dry, uh, that'll be more practice than I've had in an entire season for, you know, if you add up all the other tracks combined. So uh, we're very excited about this, uh, these next couple of weeks and and taking advantage of all that time.
0: When we used to talk about Jimmy Johnson, we'd mention you in the same category as Dale Earnhardt Richard Petty and Jeff Gordon and drivers like that, now we can mention in the same sentences as AJ Foyt and Mario Andretti and Bobby and Al Unser. What's it like to now be mentioned in both
2: categories? That's uh, so cool, especially my generation of racer. You know, guys moved around a bit more and raced in the marquee event, so it is an honor to have my name mentioned with those guys and I look forward to uh, you know holding up my end of the deal and doing a good job behind the wheel.
0: Now, I know you got to be an open book to how you learn to run this track through the uh, first couple of weeks here leading into the race. But what
2: are some of the things that you have a, a checklist of how you want to approach it? I just really getting my arms around the adjustments to the race car, how sensitive they are. Um, you know, it's much warmer now than any other time that I've been here at Indy in the Indy car, so the track's behaving a little differently. So really just being measured and understanding track temp, wind direction, and then the adjustments that go with that so that I can make the small little detailed changes to, to really be in the mix and be up front.
0: And just like when you ran in NASCAR, you had an all-star list of teammates. Same thing here with Scott Dixon and Tony Kanaan and Alex Pelot and Marcus Erickson. What's it like to have all of that... Uh,
2: that knowledge that you guys can sit in the debrief room and learn from each other yeah, i have a lucky guy to say the least um obviously those amazing drivers but then you look at our engineering staff and all the the brain power at cgr uh, i'm just a lucky guy and i you know it's up to me to maximize all these resources i have around myself and do the best that i can how
0: do you feel you've been accepted by the indycar fans especially the indy 500 fans
2: that come out here every day It's been great. I've been accepted to the IndyCar world uh, very well, and I'm certainly enjoying it. Uh, Again, it's early in May, uh, so I can only imagine the energy that's going to be in this place as we get to qualifying day and then get to the race. But uh, I'm very appreciative of the warm welcome that I've had. And finally, you wouldn't be in it unless you wanted to win it.
0: How uh, realistic do you see your chances are? That if you're running up front toward the end of the race
2: that you can win this race as a rookie it's been done before oh yeah i would say way more realistic than any race i've been in so far i think texas showed that, that we have a chance to run up front um you know really stood out to me and everyone just how much more competitive i am on the ovals and my career of racing on ovals that experience does carry over in some way shape or form and i look forward to maximizing that jimmy johnson driver of the number 48 carvana
0: american legion honda chip ganassi racing Good luck in your rookie Indianapolis 500. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Awesome. Thank you. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. Alex Pelot is the defending NTT IndyCar Series champion. The 25-year-old from Spain finished second to Elio Castroneves in last year's Indy 500. He starts second in the middle of row one alongside pole-winning teammate Scott Dixon and Renus VK of Ed Carpenter Racing. Pillow joins me for this Pit Pass Indy interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Alex Pillow, the defending NTT IndyCar Series champion. Alex, it's the Indianapolis 500, the race everybody dreams about winning. I'm sure you've been dreaming about it since you finished second last year. Now that you're here, how confident
3: are you that you can win this race? I'm confident. We started really good, uh, the testing so far. Car is strong. All the cars are strong. Um, I'm fortunate to have uh, four really strong teammates that can just help me uh, get better. And I have some experience from last year, so I cannot wait to go to race day and, and see if we can be battling at the end of last pit stop uh, for the win. But I think I think we'll have the chances.
0: You're one of five drivers at Chip Ganassi Racing that's entered in the Indianapolis 500. Tony Kanaan is here for the 500. Jimmy Johnson has looked great uh, or impressive so far in practice. How do you feel from the whole team overall effort? Just how well things can go for
3: the team at Indy? I think they did a tremendous job. Um, having a three-car team, it's tough. A four-car team, it's tougher. But a five-car team, it's uh, a big commitment. So I think they did a tremendous job getting ready for this. Um, and, and I think I'm lucky to have access to all that data that, they, that we collect with five cars. So I think it's, it's good for us. It's pushing us forward, uh, and it's making us better.
0: Who has better stories, Jimmy or uh, Tony? Tony?
3: I think mm, Tony, may, or, or at least he just speaks more than, than Jimmy, let's say. Like, Jimmy maybe keeps the stories for himself, but Tony, Tony, he would come in the morning and like, hey, hey, Alex, like, you need to listen to this, yeah.
0: The other thing about Indies, you get a chance to race against drivers you normally don't compete against in the regular season, like Juan Pablo Montoya, people like that. How cool is that for you to be able to do that?
3: It's really cool. I think it's... Uh, The atmosphere that uh, the drivers create here, it's really good. Um, We know it's like more than 30 drivers that we compete for this race. And for me, it's super special. Uh, The guy you mentioned, Montoya, um, I have a really good relationship with him. Obviously, it's a a big, big driver, big name uh, in Europe and in the U.S. So um, I'm really proud to be able to, to race against him.
0: Now, you're young, but do you remember when he was an F1 driver? Yes, I do. So you had to be quite young back then. So was he one of your favorites? Because the thing about Juan Pablo Montoya in Formula One, he wasn't afraid of anybody. You know, he would race it hard.
3: Everybody, yeah. yeah.
0: Sometimes ruffled the feathers of the fellow drivers. Was it his attitude
3: that you really liked? I think the way he was driving, like he was just going 100% and he was just getting the edge of the car of himself every time and he wouldn't care about what people would say on the media or around him. So, um, one of the best drivers out there for sure. And he was, uh, he is one of the guys I was looking up to.
0: This year you have three races where you're sponsored by the American Legion. And even though you're from Spain, you've gotten to know a lot of the Legion members. The day after the GMR Grand Prix, which is a race where you drove the American Legion colors on your car, you went out to, uh, I believe it was a post out in Zionsville, Indiana. Yeah, it was. Did they know you were coming?
3: I think they knew, um, but it was like a last minute. They they told me that they were having this uh, route with a trailer we have from American yeah. Legion around the post around uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Zionsville, it's like 15 minutes from my house, so I just went there. Um, took some pictures. Uh, I met everybody. They showed me around the post, and I thought it was super cool to to meet so ma- so many people, so many members there, um, and they they had good atmosphere there as well.
0: It's one thing to meet the American Legion members at a race, but it's another thing to go to their post. You know the way they've got it set up, the way they meet there. You know a couple days a week, things like that.
3: Uh, what do you think of the American Legion post? and just? The camaraderie that those guys share. Yeah, so obviously it was my first time, and also my first time having that access. Like I had access, they, they made me a, a tour around. Um, but yeah, I thought the 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 way they they were having lunch at that time, and it was it was so special to be part of it. Um, they had uh, really good areas to just have fun to stay together. Um, and there was so many people. I don't know if it's always like that. I guess it was because it was like an event that we were doing. But it was it was amazing. Did you eat there? I didn't. I didn't because I had lunch before. Um, but they were all having lunch. I didn't know I was invited to lunch. Like um, if they would have told me, I would have had lunch because they were cooking there. Um, everything had like good, uh, like it, it was good food. So uh, next time.
0: Alex Blow, driver of the number 10 NTT Data Honda in the Indy 500. Good luck in the race, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you so much. Another Chip Ganassi racing driver starting in the top five is Marcus Ericsson of Sweden. The driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda has had an outstanding week of practice and qualifications for the 106th Indianapolis 500 and has high hopes for contending for the victory, as he told me in this Pit Pass Indy interview. Joining us now in Pit Pass Indy Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Five of your drivers have been fast in practice. How important is that to have all five of those drivers starting near the front for the 106th Indianapolis 500?
4: I think the last couple of years is becoming more and more of a track position race. So I think it's, uh, it's going to be important to qualify up front if we can. And uh, it just makes life so much easier on race day. I think we've seen, you know, that if you have a good race car, you can go through the field. But it's getting tougher and tougher to do that. So we're going yeah, to focus a lot this weekend to try and put all five of us in the, in the top 10.
0: How much better prepared are you for this year's Indy 500 since you've run them a couple of times and have actually done quite well on them?
4: Yeah, I feel like, you know, this place definitely, you know, experience pays off and we've seen that, you know, last year with Helio winning, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's definitely a good thing to, to have the experience and now going into my fourth, uh, fourth 500, is, uh, I can feel that, you know, I, I know what I need to look for in the car and in the, you know, in traffic, what I need from the car, so it definitely feels like uh, it's getting uh, better and
0: better all the time there. And how about uh, walking out onto the starting grid this year with full capacity? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a wild experience after we haven't seen that since 2019. Yeah, exactly.
4: I think, you know, I was here in 2019. It was my first 500, and it completely blowing me away. It yeah. was just crazy. And, and to you know, last year was already felt special to see all the fans back. But to knowing it's going to be full capacity here on next Sunday, it's going to be just amazing to see all the people back.
0: I've asked you this earlier in the season about your ability to kind of fly under the radar while Scott Dixon gets a lot of attention and Alex Palou gets a lot of attention. And of course, Jimmy Johnson gets a lot of attention here. You are just clocking in top finishes and having good races. Do you like that? I don't mind it. You know, I,
4: I, I try and do my, my talking on the track and, like you said, we've been consistent. You know, last year we really had a strong year, and I think we've started even better this year, being a bit unlucky, but uh, the pace is definitely there and looking for a bigger result here on the in the 500.
0: And what would that
4: mean in Sweden for a Swedish driver to win this race? It would mean a ton, I think. You know, the interest for IndyCar racing has grown a lot the last few years now when me and Felix is here in, in racing, you know, to see all the races live. Is broadcasted live on TV, even practice and qualifying, so there is a big, big following for, for IndyCar in Sweden at the moment, and obviously if, if one of us can win the race, it would be huge for, for the whole racing uh, Sweden.
0: Leading up to the Indianapolis 500, though, all the drama, all the impact, all the attention, all the time you spend on the track here, is that what gives you the feeling of just how important this race really is?
4: I think so. You know, this race is just so special and so unique and, you know, the build up and the, all the traditions around it just makes it even more special and you can see on all the people here how much it means for everyone. So it definitely, you know, it's just different to anything else we do. And uh, I'm just super excited every time I come here and, and
0: get the chance to race. Also were you surprised at the GMR Grand Prix that we saw that Alex Palot is it perfect <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah it's a good point yeah you know it's it's one of a very few mistakes that we've seen from him uh the last year and a half so um yeah i don't expect many more of them this year so uh, but yeah it was a tough race you know very tough conditions and uh it's uh yeah that's how it goes sometimes
0: and what's it like having tony kanan back at the indy
4: 500 it's a good, uh, you know, it's a good good laugh to have him back because he's always entertaining and, and saying funny stuff, but uh, he's also a, a, an amazing a, a asset to the team, you know, his, his experience and the way he, you know, can feedback about his car and also for me personally, I was talking a lot to him last year on the 500 in the month of May and he, he was a huge help for me then. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see TK back.
0: Jimmy Johnson, how impressed have you been by seeing how well he's adapted on the ovals?
4: I knew he was going to be strong on the ovals, but I didn't know he was going to be this strong. So I've been super impressed so far, and I think he's definitely going to be a factor qualifying weekend and race weekend.
0: Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda at Chip Ganassi Racing. Good luck in the Indianapolis 500. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Will Power of Team Penske made the Fast 12 in qualifications, but did not advance into the Fast 6. He will start the number 12 Verizon Chevrolet in the middle of row four in between two-time Indianapolis 500 winning driver Takuma Sato and Indianapolis 500 rookie driver Jimmy Johnson. Here is my interview with Power for Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the 2018 Indianapolis 500 winner, Will Power, driver of the number 12 Verizon Chevrolet at Team Penske. You are starting Sunday's 106th Indianapolis 500 in the middle of row four. You got two-time winner Takuma Sato to your left. You've got seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and Indy 500 rookie, Jimmy Johnson to your right.
5: How do you feel that is as a starting position? Uh, yeah, it's it's a you know massive improvement over last year, and uh, you know I think I think we all had we all had pretty good cars. We just got a bad draw, and um, you know, that made circumstances diff- more difficult for us and some of the other guys that were in the the fast twelve. But uh, yeah, really really happy to be starting there, and I think that's a there's. Yeah, you could certainly certainly win from that position.
0: There were five uh, Chip Ganassi racing cars that made the t- Fast 12. Four of them made the Fast 6. Did the Chevy drivers almost in a way feel like they were crashing the party a little bit? But those Chevy drivers were pretty fast. Ed's guys were fast and you were fast. So what did you think of that one team getting all their drivers in the Fast 12?
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Ganassi has really, uh, really got a... You know, great cars this year, fast cars, and um, yeah, they all they all look very stuck, too. They all look like they handle really well, so um, I think we all have a little bit of work to do coming back next year, but still, as Chevy had a presence in the top 12 and in the top six as well.
0: As far, though, as the race itself, as you said, they've put sealant on the surface. It's darker, which means the hotter it gets, the more slick it will, it will become. Yeah. So how difficult do you think Sunday's race is
5: going to be if the temperature hits 85, as is forecast? Yeah, I think uh, I think with the track being so dark now, the uh, track temp really affects the handling, like the sun. like As soon as there's direct sun on it, it really uh, makes it much more difficult. So um, I think it will show up good and bad cars more. So I think if you got a good car, it'd be to your benefit. What was your reaction when Scott Dixon put put up those numbers
0: to win the poll?
5: Yeah, it's crazy, uh it's crazy how all the speeds have just got faster and faster if we've gone here. Um, but yeah 347 that's a that's a pretty big first lap and just a 34 average. Man, that's 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 moving.
0: And in our final two minutes here with Will Power of Team Penske from where you're starting, you said it's a good spot. You can win the race from there. But what would the strategy be? Where do you want to be the first hundred uh, laps, and where do you want to
5: be when it's down, down for the fight? Yeah, honestly, you've got to be moving forward the whole race. Um, you got to be in the top two for the for the final stint. You just that's that's the game.
0: One of the things that really bugged you before you won the first Indy 500 here in 2018 was the burden of am I ever going to win this race once that burden is removed what's it like coming in here each ensuing year afterwards to know well I am a former
5: Indy 500 winner so yeah how important is that it's uh it's definitely um it's it was a huge weight off my shoulders it's something I would love to do again Um, But it's definitely a, you can rest your mind a little bit that you don't have to uh, have that pressure, but you certainly, it's just, you know, it's continually grown since 18, so we'll see. And also the fact that this will be your team owner's
0: first full-blown Indianapolis 500 with full capacity, all the bells and the whistles, you as one of his drivers, how important would that be to reward him with a victory,
5: no, I think Roger, <laughs> Roger, would be over the moon with a with another victory. I mean, he's uh, it's his. He just loves this place. It's so fitting that he became the owner of this place. And I think he, it's it's pretty cool to see the first event fully open. I'm thinking it's going to be totally packed, totally full. And how
0: excited will Will Power be to walk back out and see? The totally packed Indy
5: 500 for the first time since 2019. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think we're all looking forward to that. Uh, you've seen it all month. It's signing a lot more autographs of people here every day, and it's back to the way it was.
0: Team Penske driver, willpower driver, the number 12 Verizon Chevrolet. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, and good luck in the 106 Indianapolis 500 on Sunday.
5: Awesome. Thank you.
0: The week of practice and qualifications included many great stories up and down Pit Road. Pit Pass Indy now takes you on a pit walk during and after qualifications for the Fast Six. As part of the pit walk, you will hear other media members involved in the conversation. First up is team owner Chip Ganassi, after all five of his drivers made the Fast 12 and four of his five drivers were in the Fast Six.
6: So I guess we're
7: going to call you the King of Indianapolis at least for this weekend just for this weekend, yeah, you know, next weekend's another one,
6: yeah but to get all five in with the past twelve.
7: I mean that's pretty yeah that was it was pretty impressive. that's down to the guys that work on the car. you know I got a great group of guys I can't say enough about them how hard they work in the off season, you know, and what they think about what they what they work on, how hard they work, you know. Um, I'm just lucky to work with such a great group of people. Drivers were talking about how
4: because they had five in the fast 12, they were able to just continue feeding information down yeah. the line. Yeah, I mean, it's
7: obviously, you know, one, you know, two heads are better than one, three's better than two, four's better than three, and five's better than four, you know. Mm-hmm.
6: And to see the level of progression that Jimmy had all week, I mean, that's. No question. Be I mean, I
7: felt so bad that he had that little blip there on his yeah. out lap, or his first lap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was unfortunate, but he, you know. He's done a, He's a star guy. He can win this race too. You know.
4: You mentioned that you know this weekend is great. Another weekend's a totally different story. Does yeah. do you feel like ultimately you need one of your five guys to capitalize next weekend in order to make it well, this all
7: worth it? Let's face the facts. We haven't won the race in ten years. Okay, and, and you know we that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's nice to win the pole and it's great, but there's only one lap around this
6: place that counts, and it's the last one next week next mm-hmm. Sunday. They always some drivers say that the. Uh, this place picks the winner, so when you look at a guy like Scott, don't you think it's time to pick him again?
7: Well, if that was true, if, if you know, I don't believe this place picks the winner. I think uh, you know, but if that's true, I'm okay with it. Is yeah.
8: this is this eating at him? Do you feel like at all no. the, the
6: drought does it eat at you? No,
7: no. You understand the guy's a professional. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. he's a professional.
6: Speaking yeah. of professional, uh, how how do you describe just? What a pro effort that was on his run.
7: Uh, his run, Marcus's run, Alex's run, Kanan's run, Jimmy's run. Every one of them. I mean, those guys, they've been just, you know, the great group of teammates and really helps, you know, when they're all working together. And that's what you saw this week.
6: you feel like a proud papa and, like, all your kids are out there doing such a great no job? No
7: question. No question. I mean, I, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was happy yesterday, but still we had another, you know, we had another two steps to do today, you know. And, So uh, it was, uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm really proud of the team. You know, what you you saw here today in qualifying is is the effort of, you know, 200 people over, you know, that began this journey last June 1st and said, you know, we need to to do better. We need to do better at Indianapolis. I
6: heard a lot of drivers bitching about this new qualifying format, but if not for the new format... Scott's not even running for the poll today. It, it, it works out sometimes the best, doesn't it?
7: Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll go back and look at that sometime, and you know, you know. But yeah, well, obviously, obviously, it was a little close there yesterday, and uh, wasn't our best day yesterday. But uh, you know, that's what that's what that's what's great about this team. They bounce back from that, and uh, yeah, we didn't throw anything out yesterday.
6: nice, nice Congratulations. Thanks. Happy anniversary too. Thank you. Thank you. Forty years. Forty years. Renus VK
0: starts on the outside of row one for the second time in his career. In three Indy 500s, VK has never started lower than fourth in the world's biggest race.
6: Renus, I mean, hell of a run all, all weekend. So, just didn't have that little bit of extra today.
8: Um, yeah, I was actually very happy with the run. Um, my Fast 12 run was super on the limit, so I was happy to, uh, to really keep it on track, keep it flat there. Uh, yeah, I was happy with the car, actually, happiest I've been this weekend, the uh, qualifying weekend, in a Fast 6, so I think we made all the right decision as a team, and uh, yeah, Scott was on a different level today. So. so it's
6: more that Scott just picked it up and found the extra.
8: Scott picked it up, and you know, they're a five-car team. You can see they're all in in the Fast 12 qualifying, so they they get all the data, uh, and you know all their cars got quicker and quicker while, while they got on track uh, one after the other. So you can see that you know they just have a little bit more data. Uh, I was very lucky to have Ed with me in the Fast Fast Six, and um, he definitely helped helped me out a lot with data. So I think um, we maximized. Uh, Ed and I are very happy both. And uh, yeah, not
6: ultimately where we yeah I'm be, I'm pretty happy with the result. Uh, the, uh, he uh, he said Scott uh, was on a different uh, level. Uh, describe uh, that uh, number uh, that we uh, just uh, saw put on here.
8: Yeah. Well, his first lap was fast. Two thirty four four, I think.
9: Zero four yeah, but well, the consistency. That's where it was for him. He, he just started out strong. We had the same kind of drop off, but he was just. He just had one
8: step more, and we could have trimmed more downforce, so we would have, we would have sacrificed too much. And this is all we, we could get out of there, and I'm very proud to be the best Chevy in, uh, on the grid again for the Indy 500. Uh, third time in a row. There we go. And Yeah, it's uh, I think great, great, uh, great job by Ed Carpenter Racing and Team Chevy. Third time to charm. Hopefully, Um, we can definitely fight from third. Um, I know what it's like to start third in the 500 now, and I've definitely picked up a lot of experience since last time I started third here.
6: Never finished lower than fourth in three Indy 500s now. I mean qualifying. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you've got that part of it figured out. How confident are you with the extra experience you have? Getting a chance to get in there and
8: try to win this race, I'm very confident. I think we have a super strong race car. Um, yeah, I think we are one of the best in traffic. And you know, I, I got a lot of experience in the in last year, but also really in Texas and uh, looking at uh, what other guys are doing. So uh, running at the front teaches you a lot. So very happy with that, and I think we can we can battle from the front. You got to be lucky, but you know. Hopefully
6: the luck is with us. And as a competitor, a fellow competitor, what did you really think of Scott's lap? I mean, that's pretty much a that's a real effort that he pulled off. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I was definitely
8: uh, well surprised. Um, you know, the first lap was fast, but the consistency that came afterwards was it was just strong. So. Uh, yeah, great job by him, and uh, they really maximized and and gave it an extra little step.
6: You can still become the youngest Indy 500 winner if you win this thing next week. What would that mean to you? Uh, it would mean me a lot. It mean a lot to me actually. Uh, before qualifying, the, the
8: daughter, I think, of the previous youngest Indy 500 winner. Uh, I, I forgot the name. Yeah, uh, she came to me and she told me she was rooting for me to, uh, uh, if someone was going to take that, uh, that record away, she hosted me. So uh,
0: that's, uh, that's a nice little little extra I got. Thank you. You're welcome. And now let's hear from BK's owner, driver, teammate, Ed Carpenter, who qualified fourth for the Indianapolis 500 with a four-lap average of 233.080 miles per hour in the number 20 Chevrolet. Uh, My initial run was pretty messy. I had a downshift and got into the hard limiter,
9: which that was my fault, That downshifted too early. Um, And then just very, very positive and kind of, got the balance got away from me. Um, second run, we made an adjustment. Probably could have done a little more. Uh, but I don't know that we were going to have the speed on a, on a second run for, for what Scott ultimately put up. Uh, but proud of the ECR squad. Good to get, get Alzman and the, the Middell car up in the mix, you know, representing Chevy Strong. Everybody put in a ton of work and I thought maybe we were going to have enough. But, uh, you know, Scott, Scott made it really tough on us. So we're right. We're in a good spot. You know, we can do work from here. Same place we started last year and, and we were able to control a lot of the race so that'll be the plan again. Uh, I think we've had good competitive cars in that trim as well. We've led the most laps on I think three different years and um, it's just a matter of leading that last lap so I think we have what it takes and you know we've got three good bullets and two of them starting in the first two rows so we'll see see what we can go do. Ed Carpenter thank you very much
6: fast yesterday what, what yeah. happened today? Uh,
9: I don't think anything happened you know I think part of, part of it's a new format doing two runs um, I don't know that that's our strength as a squad doing the back to back run just with the way the temperatures work um, between the two manufacturers, but we, get, we gave it hell, represented represented, and, you know, once again, we have a Chevrolet on the front row um, and, and led the way for, for that side of things and, and they've done a great job. They definitely came with improvements this year and and I think the team improved as well, so we'll just keep grinding. But we're here for 500 miles, and we're we're in a great spot for that.
6: As a fellow competitor, what did you think of Dixon's run? I mean, that's pretty strong.
9: Yeah, it's phenomenal. You know, he, I don't know how many poles he's won now, but he's up there. Um his fifth. Yeah. So I mean, it's I knew I knew we were going to be. That Renus and I would be racing him for the pole more so than, than his teammates, just because you know he's Ice Man, he gets it done, and, and he's got a fast car. So, um, you know, we're like I said, we're in a good spot.
0: Tony Kanon is back for his 21st Indianapolis 500, and the driver of the American Legion Honda starts sixth for Chip Ganassi Racing.
10: The boys did a great job um uh, fixing the car three minutes to the end uh, before we went to tech and uh, we ran. So I mean, obviously, good team effort five cars in the top 12 four cars in the past six so uh we'll see what's going to happen now just going to work on race setup tomorrow race setup and and do a bunch of media during the week that's pretty much what's going to happen the only thing we can't control and we then need to keep guessing which is the toughest thing to do so uh good effort by the team and the engineers uh quote-unquote guessing the weather, but uh, you know, it's always tough. Look at us, we qualify and 15 minutes later we go qualify again and the track was completely different. Between you and Jimmy, uh, everybody that's been tuned in this week on Peacock has definitely seen the American Legion show up. What was it like to have that much success, especially for a program as important as what you're representing? Well, I mean, obviously, Ganassi and the Legion, you know, they have a pretty good team of guys that promoting the thing, and we're doing our thing. We're putting in the front, so when you run in the front, it's easy to promote, but I can't thank the Legion enough, obviously, with the cause, what a great cause, be the one trying to save lives of, uh, you know, veterans. 17 veterans take their lives every day because they don't want to ask for help, and we're trying to encourage them to, to do so, so hopefully we'll get the message out. Speed in practice, speed in qualifying, and you've got to be confident with your tenacity you'll have speed on race day. Oh, I'm convinced we have good cars, so let's see what's going to happen in the race the last question. Andy Brown hasn't been here all week. Has he been sick? Yeah, he's been sick, so uh, Chris Simmons has been engineering me right
6: now. Okay, good luck. Thank you.
0: Try- Here's Marcus Erickson after his qualification attempt.
4: Yeah, no, exactly. I think my post 12 run was actually really, really, really really good. I had a moment in time one uh, on the series. I had to bail out of it on, on lap two, and that sort of made my lap two a bit down, and then the other three laps were really, really strong and then obviously the track changed a bit especially the temperature changed a bit for Fast six and uh, i thought the run was really good it felt really good and uh, the car felt really good but i think it was more grip out there you know with the sun uh, going away and uh it was too easy to drive if, the, if it's ever easier around this place uh, but the good thing with that like you said we have my teammates and i was telling that to my team and they were you know making adjustments on uh, on alex and um uh, and scott's cars because of my feedback and We've got two cars, P1, P2, and me and TK in the second row. So, you know, personally, a little sick, disappointed. But overall super happy. You've been working with Scott for three years. Um, do you have any doubt when he rolls out there for those final four laps that he's going to be able to put it together? No. <laughs> I was pretty sure he was going to get it. You know, I know how, how good our cars is, and I know how, you know, he can drive such, uh, you know, light, downforce car around this place like I've never seen anyone else be able to so he's you know he's the king of, of this place you know that's that's for sure but still doesn't mean that I'm not going to try and beat him next Sunday.
6: <laughs> <laughs> to get all five good uh, nasty cars into the past 12 that was a pretty good accomplishment four of them advance yeah so I I think to be fair I think Jimmy
4: had a good shot to advancing as well you know he had that big moment and like I told him after, to, to keep going and, you know, sort of get yourself together and keep going. I think not many guys would have done that after a moment like that. So I was really impressed that he, you know, did such a good run with, you know, that is, you don't get much closer to the crash than that. And, you know, so yeah, I was really impressed. And, but overall, you know, Ganassi as a team, we put five cars here for the month of May. Running five cars alone is really hard because, you know, you need to prep them, you need the personnel. And to have five cars here, always pretty much in the top 10 getting all five to the fast 12, four of us in the fast six it's just a, such an incredible achievement by the team and the organization and i'm just you know it's so impressive and i'm so happy and proud to be part of that
6: and one thing about scott he never fails to impress <laughs> no
4: no he's uh, like i said he's the king around this place but uh, we're you know
0: we're right behind him so we're gonna go for it <laughs> congratulations you. thank you and here's the poll winner, Scott Dixon, after his poll-winning run.
11: Yeah, I was bummed yesterday, super bummed. Uh, we just, we talked ourselves out of things that we shouldn't have, and, and uh, it just, it's a knock-on effect. You know, once you change one thing, then it affected the whole run. And, uh, you know, we were kind of lucky in some ways. You know, that we, uh, we had some weather because I'm not sure that, you know, unless we got another run and we you know and the, how the lines were working, we probably weren't going to get it. So uh, huge credit to the team for keeping calm and, and making sure we do the obvious things right, which Chip always says. Yesterday we did not, but today we did, and the car had some great speed.
6: That was, uh, of all the efforts you've done here, was that those four laps, I mean, that was a man's effort there.
11: Well, it was fun, man. Like, uh, considering after the first run, the first one was really sketchy. I was glad to get out of that car. And, uh, you know, the conditions favoured us at the end, I think, and having to, to go, you know, last was a little bit better as well. Um, but just thankful that, you know, Cannon dialed it in, and uh, we, had a, we had a sweet ride there for those fallouts.
6: All five guys got in fast. Well, Chip's happy about that. How proud are you that your teammates and everybody were able to do that?
11: Well, super proud. You know, the the nine's definitely gone through some changes. But even if you look from the two car team that we used to run here for a very long time to where we are now here with five and, and some of the horror horror stories that you've seen, I think try to you know try to do that. Um, Again, man, it's all about the people. You know, I think all of us drivers uh, are very lucky to be a part of this team. Uh, they never give up. They work extremely hard. A lot of them are working multiple series at the moment, you know, between IMSA and Extreme, Extreme E and IndyCar adding a fifth car, you know. So it's, it's, uh, that was a, a monumental effort they put on. Thank you. Thanks. And that puts a checkered flag on this
0: edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guests, including Indianapolis 500 pole winner Scott Dixon of Chip Ganassi Racing, Jimmy Johnson of Chip Ganassi Racing, Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing, Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing, Will Power of Team Penske, Greenus VK of Ed Carpenter Racing, Ed Carpenter of Ed Carpenter Racing, Tony Canaan of Chip Ganassi Racing, and team owner Chip Ganassi for joining me on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore. 500 this has been a production of evergreen podcast a special thanks to our production team executive producers are bridget Coyne and gerardo orlando recordings and edits were done by me bruce martin and final mixing was done by dave douglas learn more at evergreenpodcast.com until next time be sure to keep it out of the wall